Hello and welcome to Setting the Skein. I'm Ben. I'm Doug. I'm Tristan. I'm Elijah. And Doug, get off your phone. We're doing a podcast. I have to have Doug. the information pulled up. Doug, Doug. <laughs> you silly boy. Gosh. Information? What do you think this is? A podcast fit based in facts and reality? What do you What do no. you think this is? Some You're kind absolutely of suicide right. squad? You're absolutely right. Forget my phone. Let me tell you what movie we watched this week, folks. This week, we watched Santa Christ Returns, Revenge of the Nodding Elves. It stars Robert De Niro, Carrie Fisher, uh, Cecil B. DeMille, and the girl from the Progressive commercial. Came out in 2014, directed by Damien Chazelle. And it wow. is incredible, folks. Uh, I tell you what, it holds currently a 58% on Rotten Tomatoes, a 38% on Metacritic, and a 14% on Google. Probably the first review that we've ever done that Google actually is the lowest one. Had a budget of $400,000 and raked in an astonishing $15 million at the box office. And yet, sadly, and yet, sadly, it went, it came and went in the blink of an eye. Truly a travesty. But of it, yeah. But of it, yeah, y'all. I mean, let's, uh, let's really get into it. Santa Christ Returns, The Revenge of the Nodding Elves. You know, I want to know. Santa Christ Returns? Santa Christ Returns. You know, you know, his, uh, his, his, his theme song. Santa Christ, Santa Christ, we all love Santa Christ. He is half Santa Claus and half Jesus and Christ. Yeah, that's the one. And I, you know, I really want to know, uh, Santa Christ. Um, what? What? <laughs> like, he, is he uh, the is he the brother of Jesus or something? Yeah, his his primary antagonist is Bielbeschnickel. Bielbeschnickel. And he's oh. trying to steal Christmas uh, and finish what the Grinch never could. Mm. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, it's a truly interesting, interesting movie. And it's very surprising that this movie was marketed almost exclusively to kids, given its NC-17 rating. Um, I mean, truly <laughs> remarkable. But I think you can really attribute all of that to the five-hour orgy scene that happens at the very beginning of the movie, before the credits even Okay, roll. Doug, I'm going to interrupt you now. Um, Why? Because apparently it's April Fool's. You're, you're pulling my leg or something, because I just watched well, that's, a completely that's, different movie. That's what you get for that's what you get for critiquing my holding of my phone. <laughs> um, yeah, this You week, were letting the bit go on a little too long. We're about three minutes in. We need to... No, get good. on it. I like that, that was a great bit. I just, I just think that oh, was a great bit. I enjoyed bit it. Myself. it uh, we um, just need to. All right. Well, uh, no, of movies no. That sound we really uh, bad. we did Done. not watch Santa Christ to the Revenge of the Nodding Elves. Santa Christ Returns. <laughs> Whatever. Um, this week, folks, we watched Troll Two, released in 1990. Ben and I have already seen this movie before, and we reviewed it on our old podcast, Some Jerks You Talk About Movies. But this is the first time that Tristan and Elijah have seen it. This movie came out in 1990, uh, had a bo- had a uh, budget of sixty-five thousand dollars, and I cannot find a box office return for it, no matter how hard I try. Uh, directed by Claudio Fragasso, 
starring Michael... I can't see his last name. Michael Paul Stevenson, George Hardy, Margot Prey, Connie Young, Robert Ormsby... Deborah Reed and yeah that that's about that's about all that we need to know. Um, yeah, this movie is largely considered one of, if not the worst movies ever made. Um, it it truly is something to behold. It holds a five percent on Rotten Tomatoes, a two point nine percent on IMDb, and I for some reason can't find its Google rating. Uh, it holds a. Fifty-four percent on Google. Um, yeah, this movie's amazing. I love this movie. Yeah, same. Uh, I remember watching it for the first time with Doug, and I was blown away at both how bad it was and how much I enjoyed it. It 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 was a time. So my question, Tristan, Elijah. What did you expect coming about. into the movie? What what were your expectations? Yeah. Were they met? Were they not met? Like what what was the mindset of you coming into this movie? If you were expecting trolls, I understand that you were disappointed. Well, we kind of. I mean, what what is what is a troll really? I mean, I think the, the movie begs the question: what a troll is, and you know, uh, if you take a hard look at. Uh, uh, these goblins, uh, I think, I think you could say that they're, they may be trolls. They may actually be trolls. Um, you know, I say, I, I think goblins spelled backward is troll, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, you see, there's actually, uh, a movie that came before Troll 2 called Troll. Came okay. out in 1986. That, oh. that is okay. actually about trolls. Now... When we teased this episode at the end of our last episode, I mentioned how I had heard about Troll 2, I heard it was one of the worst movies ever made, and I heard that it was not a sequel, but it's called Troll 2 anyway. And you guys corrected me and said there is a troll movie about Harry Potter Jr., right? So, well, but this is not the sequel to that. It's not, This movie... Go go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I was just I was just skimming the Wikipedia page because that's where I live. And this movie was made under the title Goblins, and folks were like, I don't think that's gonna work. Why don't we try to capitalize on the success of Troll and just call this Troll Two? <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of amazing how this movie got made. Because also what's what's really funny is that like, look, we have talked about some really bad movies on this podcast before. We've all watched some horrible, horrible films. Um, but by and large, everyone who was a part of this movie at least has gone on record as saying that, like, you know, they had a good time making it, yada, yada, yada. But the actual production of this is so wild and so wacky Um and I wish I had a better way to describe it, but I mean, it just is crazy. Like, the majority of the cast was cast due to their proximity to the shooting site. Uh, the director and writer are are both very Italian individuals. Um, I, there was a better way for me to put that. They don't... They're, they're not native English speakers. Um, and their English is not... 
very good. So people would have to... The scripts would be written in a very broken English format, and the actors were told you have to read it as written. So, I mean, it's just an insane, insane production schedule. Also, the uh, the woman who did the special effects and the makeup, she's a former adult film star. Um, I just found that little nugget of information out today. I mean, it is what it is insane the production process that went behind this movie. So, are, are these this writer and director you said? Yes, they're, they're Italian. What else have yes, they, they done? What, what else have they worked on? You know, if I was a smarter Anything? person, I would have already pulled that up. Because this, I mean, watching this movie, like it's like. It's like me as a child just saying, I want to make a movie today. And then I go around my town and find a bunch of people who could possibly make a movie with me. And then they all they all say, yeah, sure, I guess, you know, I got nothing better to do. Yeah, so looking through his uh, IMDb history and I'm seeing nothing else that I've ever heard of. Yeah, so it looks like the majority of the director's work... um, First of all, it's mostly screenwriting, but it's also mostly, like, Italian films. Yeah, I looked up info about the dad character, whose name I, I don't remember, and I'm sorry, Dad, you're listening. Um, but I don't remember your name, but you're a dentist. Uh, and I don't know, I guess you were just bored in the office and decided to make a movie. Uh, apparently a lot of his patients urged him to try out for this film and audition because they had auditions i guess they did apparently he tried he went to audition for this movie and got the part and uh and you know what's you know what's funny he's a dentist and about 20 or 30 minutes into the movie tristan sent us a message that said this script is like slowly pulling teeth (laughs) yeah it is well that's what i meant uh i was talking about the, the script like the way the the sentences are are made, you know, and the, and the way that they're said, yeah, it's literally like it's written. And you don't, I, it's not too often where you find a movie where the script it, it's is exactly what the script says. Like, as a character actor or just as an actor in general, you're gonna you know make it your what your character is, and you're gonna move things around some. And uh, they just that didn't happen here. That uh, they. They just read from the script, and there's like 800 lines in the movie, which I guess is probably all of them, that that show that prove it. I mean, yeah, this this whole movie is kind of a mess, and you can tell. But at the same time, I feel like that also kind of adds to the charm of it, and something that does make it a little bit more enjoyable. Yeah, and also, like, I mean. Like, Ben and I have seen it before, and I had no hesitation in wanting to come back to this movie. Like, the minute, we, the minute we decided on doing this movie again, I was like, oh, I'm 100% there. Because it really, it really is a fun ride, in just how bad it is. Mm-hmm. And it's got some great moments, like, uh, the, they're eating her, then they're gonna eat me. Oh, oh my, my god! god. Like, I mean, there are some there are some really good moments in this, um, or at least some funny moments. It's just a really bad movie. Yeah, there, there are no good moments. 
entertaining yeah. moments. Yeah, and the, the funny moments are not... They're not meant to be funny. Like, the, the, it wasn't made that way. They're just... It just is funny. Because it's bad. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I think that this movie kind of gets us into a good conversation of why do we come back to movies that are so bad they're good? I mean... Come on, our original podcast that we did was solely based on the idea of let's find movies that are so bad they're good. Why do we continue to come back to them? Like, what is the appeal to them? Because, go go ahead, Ben. uh, I think part of it is we know that, you know, we could never do, like, more often than not, we could never make a blockbuster movie. I mean, we don't have the training. We don't have... It, I mean, at least for me. Um, I would not be a good director. I know that. No. I, I would not be a good screenwriter. There are many things that it takes to create a really good movie, and I would not be good at any of them. Well, you know, critics are all just artists who never made it. I'm saying. That's right. Um, That's right, Ben. But, like, seeing these people who have gone out and made something that is so bad, it's just, it's almost just like a train wreck. You know, you just kind of have to watch it to see where it goes. It it just makes that enjoyable. Yep. Does that make sense? Yeah, I kind of get what you're saying. It's almost like, it's almost like it's a... It's a celebration of someone's work and the fact that they took the risk that that most people are not willing to take. They they took the risk in making something that they wanted to do. Um yeah. Well, I think I think one of the biggest things for me that like that like makes me come back to bad movies is I love the experience of showing people bad movies. Mm-hmm. Of just like this is like you don't understand how bad how bad of a performance someone can give or how entertainingly messed up a script is. Like that for me is where I find the most joy in watching bad movies. Like to this day, I have I have gatherings at my house where I bring people over just to show them like the room. <laughs> and it's fun. Just to watch them slowly realize, like, oh, no, it's it's not going to get better than this. I still haven't seen The Room, so we need to do that sometime. Of course. Um, you know, I've said before that our podcast is kind of, you know, I think if we, if we talk a lot about movies that are really critically acclaimed... Um, you know, like the the biggest and most beloved movies ever made. We're not going to have anything to say about them that hasn't already been said. And so we're better off sticking with movies that people hopefully have heard of for some reason or another, but that don't have that much buzz around them. So anything that qualifies as a cult movie, just for podcast purposes, that's a fun thing for us to talk about, um, where we can actually maybe find some things to say that uh, everybody doesn't already know. You know, because when we talk about a huge movie... Everybody knows what's in that movie and why it's good. Mm-hmm. Um, you talk about a cult movie, maybe not everybody noticed all the things that are good or all the things that are bad about it. So that, I think that's a little more worth talking about on a podcast. Yeah. 
Well, uh, what you want is a movie that is, uh, it's it's something that a lot of people like and a lot of people hate, like a controversially bad good movie. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like most people like can agree that something like The Room or Troll Two is like the epitome of so bad it's good. But you look at a movie like The Last Jedi where half the fans hate it and half the fans love it, it's like, that is an interesting discussion. Like, it gives us something to talk about. And there are, right. there are tons of movies out there like that. That's true. And so that's the balance with doing something like this. Because, I mean, we've had plenty of episodes where we were like, oh yeah, we'll totally have something to talk about. We watch the movie, sit down to record, and it's just like, uh, we got nothing. Yeah. Like if you remember, yeah. Like if you remember back to um, some jerks who talked about movies, uh, there was one movie that we did, uh, Fear dot com. We talked about the movie for probably about ten minutes. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. I don't remember the movie though, but I remember. Neither do I. I remember Uh, talking about. We made a point. We were like, okay, I have nothing else to say about this movie. We we're gonna (laughs) just talk about our lives or something. So, uh, I think we ended up doing, like, uh, everything we'd rather watch. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Well, I need to watch Fear.com and then go listen. No, you don't. No, you don't. You You really don't. You can watch the summary. And there really really is, like, that distinction between a movie that's so bad it's good that you want to go back and watch it, and there are movies that are just bad. Like, just straight up bad. I'm sorry, like, Aragon is a straight-up bad movie. And I, like, we had fun watching it, but there's, it's just bad. Right. Yeah, and and some... there's, there's no desire to watch it again, whereas with Troll 2, like, I could see myself watching it again. You You can analyze so many aspects of this movie and why they just don't work. Or why they are hilarious. Mm-hmm. I.e. a popcorn scene in which... <laughs> in which people basically have sexual intercourse and it's marked by when popcorn kernels pop. Mm-hmm. Disgusting. What a, what a time. It's, it's amazing. I don't even and, want to analyze that. Yeah, this, I mean, you guys asked what we expected going into this. That wasn't it. A witch seducing a frat boy with a corn cob while an organ solo plays in the background? Never so in a much, million years. So much sexual tension in this movie. It's, <laughs> oh, yes. It's insane. And, like, a, a majored organ solo, too. <laughs> like, it, yeah, it was, I mean, somebody was getting it on the pipe organ right. or whatever. <laughs> Man. I love a good organ. <laughs> yeah, the sexiest of instruments. Well, so does so. Indeed. I mean, so do the go- the 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 goblins. They like organs too. Well, right? only if they are um, half plant. Only if they become because one with the see... plant world, Ben. Yes, because you see these goblins. They they are uh, vegans. Huh. Well, no, they're they're definitely not vegans. They love milk. Yeah, that's an animal product. Well, vegetarian. They're vegetarians. Yeah, <laughs> it's high so in vitamin the... content. Uh, I was looking at the trivia for this on IMDb, and uh, the director's wife, who is the screenwriter for this, uh, wrote this after some friends of hers became vegetarians. Oh, okay. That's for real? That's what IMDb said. Oh, 
They don't tend to list their sources on those trivia things. Yeah. So take it for what it's worth. Well, well. Hey guys, what's up? It's your old pal Ben. Y'all already know I'm here. I'm here with some announcements. Now, first, I do just want to thank a moment and thank each and every one of you for taking some time and listening to this podcast. It really means the world to us that, you, you know, you would take time out of your day to come listen to us and show your support. Y'all are awesome. Uh, now, if you're interested in looking for other ways to show your support, you're in luck because I've got plenty of ways for you to do that. The easiest thing you can do, just keep on doing what you're doing. You know, listen to the show every week. Uh, tell your friends, follow us on social media, all things that don't take any time at all to do. Um, if you want to go a little above and beyond, you know, there's other things you can do too. Uh, you can check out our merch store. You can uh, follow us on Patreon. There's so many things you can do. If there's something you want to see us do, let us know. That's all I've got this week. Uh, be sure to check out the other shows on Vider Media. We've got Tea with Doug G on Monday and new episodes of Setting the Skein every single Wednesday. Now let's get back to the show. I think another point that, you know, we really can drive home and why this movie is so enjoyable is knowing it really does benefit a movie to know that the cast has good memories of it or the cast is like Mm -hmm. having fun with it um because like i mean uh for for example the uh the woman who plays credence the the witch you know who has to seduce a boy with a cob of corn um what john fogarty is that what you said yeah (laughs) um like she said multiple times like Deborah Reed, she said multiple times, she's like, one of my favorite things to have happen is people walk up to me and and just recognize me from the movie or like proclaim me as their queen, proclaim me as like goddess of the goblins. And like <laughs> to me, it's just very heartwarming to know that all these actors like have good memories of this movie, have fond memories of it. Because I'm, I don't mean to, like, keep on comparing this with The Room, but there are so many c- comparisons that I can draw f- between this and The Room. That's not something that you get from The Room. Like, a bunch of actors in that movie have horrible experiences with it. Uh, Tommy Wiseau notoriously did not have a good set, or did not keep a good production going. Like, and was not kind to his actors. So, I mean, it... That, to me, is an element of this movie that just makes it more enjoyable. I'd say, I think another part of it that can help with um, making a bad movie that is also, like, that is so bad it's good is the campiness of it. Because, like, this movie's real campy. Well, that, you know, I mean, that's, campiness and so bad it's good are synonymous they're they're just about the same thing. Um, the the only the only difference that I can see is that if something's campy, uh, that that's generally done on purpose. 
But in the case of something like Troll 2, was this made to be so bad it's good on purpose? No, absolutely. I don't no. think so. No, but the actors have gone on record as saying that, like, the minute they started shooting, they knew what kind of movie they were making. I mean, they wanted to not read the lines exactly as they were written. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I feel like they knew that their hands were tied and knew exactly how it was going to end up. Doug, did you say you've seen the documentary? I have not seen the documentary, but the documentary is a great point that we can bring up. Um, mm-hmm. Talking about... Yes, uh... Like the room, this movie also had a documentary made about it. Is the Disaster Artist really documentary? The no. Disaster Artist is one hundred percent not a documentary. But it well, this movie had a documentary made about it by the star of the movie, the boy who plays Joshua. Um, Whose name the I best can't remember. Worst movie. Neither can I. Um, something. Yeah. So the uh, so the name of the documentary is called Best Worst Movie. Uh, it uh, it came out in two thousand nine. Um, directed by Michael Stevenson. Uh, who plays Joshua, and yet yeah, literally, I mean, the entire purpose of the documentary is talking about its its reputation, because before The Room, this was the worst movie ever made, and now this movie and The Room go back and forth as to which one is the worst movie ever made. Yeah, I feel like it's mostly just kind of Whichever one you like better. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. It's totally arbitrary. I don't arbitrary. think there's one that is objectively worse than the other. Yeah. Um, because I think they're bad for different reasons. Yeah, and also if we want to talk about what actually is the worst movie ever, I think the worst movie we've ever taught we've ever seen as a group was Fear dot com. So. Um. Yeah. Go ahead. Spe- speaking of the. The. The, the, I, I'm just trying to think of the shoulders that this movie has to stand on from the first one, right? Okay, but just just remember that this movie has nothing to do with that movie, apparently. Yeah, no, it, it literally has zero to do with this uh, movie. It's only so called Troll 2. That it, Go ahead, sorry. To, yeah, I, I think Elijah mentioned that it's only called Troll 2 to capitalize off the success of Troll, which was not really major success. Okay. I'm, I'm just baffled how this exists. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can say Are that we again. All? Yeah, that that's so, fair. Um, so the director, just from what I saw on Wikipedia, the director bristles at people laughing in his movie. Do you know anything else about that? Like I was saying, I mean, you know, I think that this, much like really any, um, any work of fiction, like the director is going to take... A huge amount of pride, if you can call it, in their work. So I think, I think you know, it's 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 not great for the director to be known as the one who like scoffs at audiences, who uh, who laugh at this movie. But also, I mean, it's not entirely surprising because I mean, he made this and he intended for it to be taken as like a serious work of film a serious work of art and no one takes it as that they take it as just like a fun how long is this 90 minutes i think it's like an hour and a half something like that it <laughs> felt longer didn't it yeah so i mean i don't entirely blame blame the director for feeling that way because uh, i i mean i i get it i get it as a young director yourself 
Ah, uh, yes, yes. But all the actors are like, yeah, this is crap. Yeah, and I think the direct, I think the actors knew it while they were making it that That's it wasn't going to be that great. That is interesting. Yeah. I personally think that the two actors are ha- who are having the most fun in this pr- in this film are the mother and Credence. Why the mother? Because she is on like an entirely different world with her performance. Like from from the beginning to the end, she is just wide-eyed and she is she is playing it to yeah. 11 like she is on a whole different level well, especially at the end uh i thought she was not the very end but um when they get back to the house and they're like throwing a party for them like the townspeople are throwing a party yeah i thought she was already one of them or something because like she yeah was so i think giddy. i i think we're also supposed to be led on to like believe that like she truly has no clue what's going on. Like even after the end of the movie, she doesn't really get what happened. She's like, hmm, these apples look good. Want an apple? She's like, I yeah. will continue with my with my life. Which does kind of get us into the ending of this movie. Which, if you didn't know, folks, this movie kind of has a quote unquote happy ending. And that everyone lives, they they escape Nilbog, they escape all of the goblins, and they arrive at home. The dad goes back to the office. Uh, Elliot and Joshua's sister go off to Holly. do something, most likely fornicate. Um, and, uh, and Joshua and his mother are simply at home. Uh, but at the very end, there's a twist! The goblins have arrived once again, and they are feasting on joshua's okay. mother I, I just want to take the take the audience back here because we haven't even touched the plot of this movie well we barely have so basically what happens in this movie to give you some context is you've got uh and spoiler alert <laughs> you've got this family who want to go on vacation um to uh to Nilbog, you know the great the great vacation spot of Nilbog. Uh, I, I... Well, Tristan, you need to understand, it was supposed to be an exchange, so they go to Nilbog and live in this house, and the family who lives in that house goes to their house to live for a month. Well, you know, like you this? do. Yeah, like, you know, <laughs> like a timeshare, I guess, but not. Yeah. So, anyway, uh, they go to Nilbog, the popular vacation spot, and uh, they get up there, and a uh, whole, whole bunch of things happen. Uh well, uh, you uh, you have two parties really. You've got the family, and then you've got the girl, the young daughter, her boyfriend's friends, and her boyfriend are on their way in a camper. So they're like following them, kind of. So they're all in Nilbog, and then one by one, people get picked off. All while uh, this grandpa character is talking to uh, talking to Josh, our young boy, our young hero boy, who's the youngest of the family. Uh, Grandpa, Grandpa Seth is talking to uh, Josh in like a ghost form the whole time and giving him pointers on how to kill goblins or nilbogs. Get it? Nilbog is goblin spelled backwards. Huh. They thought that was clever. So, uh, so you know, movie goes on and at the end... It's of th- clever enough to fool me the first time I watched this for a little while. Towards the end of the movie... 
yeah, they get out of there. They they go home. They say we're done with this after a, a really bad time. Some of them die, um, but the family doesn't die, and Elliot lives. So they all go back home together. But all of Elliot's friends die, I guess. Um, so one of them becomes a tree, but the rest of them die. They become one with the vegetable world. That's true. They do. And then the goblins eat them because the goblins are vegetarians. Yeah, yeah. They're they're the forest forest people i don't remember what they said they sweat pure chlorophyll yeah 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 (laughs) so uh so anyway getting to the end now of the movie they go home they say well we got out of there and uh everyone goes off like doug said and uh mother goes up to take a shower because i guess i don't know that's what you do after you get chased by nilbogs and i don't know about y'all but every time i get home and eat an apple very slowly, I'm like, it's shower time. He goes up. Josh goes to his room, gets a message on his baseball in goblin blood or chlorophyll, I don't know, in green goop, and it says something like, we've got your mother, or I don't know, something like that. It says, uh, yummy, mom is so yeah, good, or something like heck? that. Yeah, so he goes into the bathroom where his mother takes a shower, as you do, and uh, and finds that there's green goop all over the place, and she's been turned into goop. So, the rules of this movie are as such. You go to Nilbok. Nilbok goblins say, I'm hungry, me hungry, me hungry goblin. Okay, so hungry goblin uh, goes over to, what was the witch's name? Did we ever get that? Okay, Credence. that was Credence. Okay, so you go to Credence, this witch or leader, I don't know. Someone who who turns people into uh, goop, into um, vegetable world mass. Uh, and then the goblins come out and they eat you after that, after that happens. Um, so all these people are getting turned into goop and nilbog. And uh, and that's where it happens. And then, he, and then you leave. Well, somehow, I guess a goblin uh, latched onto the bottom of their car as they were driving back to, to New York or wherever they're from. And... Gave it the old sideshow Bob treatment. Yeah, I guess, <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> and uh, just popped in real quick and said, I'm, I'm hungies. I'm going to make me a, a, a vegetable person real quick in the shower. And he sure did. And they they uh, actually, about four of them latched onto the bottom of that car because they were all in the house having a meal of uh, of his mom. And she turned into... Ve- she and we know one. it's his mom. And we know it's his mom because we see... We see uh, her boobies. We, we see her boobs. Yep. Because that's... Many times. No nudity, though. The, the, the movie would be incomplete without that shot of the mom's boobies. <laughs> I, 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 and it's just like, what? It... it this movie sets a prerequisite of you have to be in Nilbog to see Goblin. They don't exist otherwise, right? Like, I think so. I don't know. It seems to do that. I mean, it doesn't explicitly say but, that. Like, but um, they haven't seen them before. Just all the Goblins live in... I mean, that's just because all of the Goblins live in Okay, Nilbog. sure. All the Goblins... What? Yeah, like, I mean, we're, we're never told that the Goblins can only exist in Nilbog. I'd say the twist is that we think that they've been destroyed... Uh, when Joshua and the family put their hands the on the rock from stone. Stonehenge and concentrate. Also, second movie that we've ever talked about on either of these podcasts where our villains are tied to Stonehenge. 
Accurate. So we, we still have this problem also. What is the meaning of Stonehenge? They don't it's where the know. goblins get their power from. They don't Tristan. Know. Tristan, I'm out of level with you, buddy. I'm out I'm of level with you, buddy. I think you're thinking way too much into that. I, I think you're think getting way too, way much, too deep into thought. Yeah, like, I mean, I, why I mean, in uh, Halloween 3, wasn't it? Yeah. Why in Halloween 3 did they feel the need to steal the I don't know. part of Stonehenge for their evil plot? The Stonehenge. Yeah. That's why. Like, like at a certain point, Tristan, I mean, I think you just have to give yourself to the movie. To the movie, just be like, just be like, it's what, whatever, whatever. I've I've spent an hour and a, an hour and a half of my time with you, so. Okay, I think I got it. <clears throat> so as we all know, Stonehenge was built by the aliens. Yeah. Uh, now the reason that Stonehenge is so you know sought after, you know, it's mysterious, and the aliens that built Stonehenge imbued it with this kind of like magic power which is why everybody wants it that's why the goblins have a piece that's why the um bad guys from halloween 3 had one that's why gravity falls in oregon exists sure that that's it i I solved it and they say that's how uh kim jong-un's still in power he's got a piece of stonehenge wow okay okay believe it doug I guess I do. I, I guess I will go along, along with popular opinion on this. Well, um, Tristan, there there are so many, so, so, so many bad things about this movie, and you just wanted to rant about the ending and Stonehenge, well, but I mean, you could like, you could pick literally any piece of this movie, and we could criticize it for several minutes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was gonna, I was gonna nitpick the sound editing because there's like four or five times where the where it just cuts, it just cuts completely in a different scene. Music doesn't even transition at all. I mean, I could nitpick all kinds of things, but like, what what is that? Like, <laughs> it's a bad movie. <laughs> We'd be here for hours if I was doing that. I'm just gonna I'm gonna go with something that I I thought was actually a bad decision they made rather than just shoddy work. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah, I, I know exactly what you mean. What is this uh, bad decision? Well, the ending. That's what I'm saying. I I, I, I feel like it was... Uh, the, wor- the rules of the world were broken. Yeah, I feel like they broke their own rules that they made. And, uh, I mean, you raised a good point. The rules were kind of, like, bendy. Uh, but I I don't know. I just... So you're going to love this. I was doing some uh, more looking at the IMDb trivia. The ending... Is a setup for the sequel that never happened. Oh. I think I like uh, it less now. (laughs) Because there was originally going to be a sequel titled Troll 2 Part 2. But clearly it never happened. Troll 2 Part 2. Yes. Um, And I also read that there are two movies that have claimed the title of Troll 3 that are not related to this. <laughs> I believe that. Oh. Why? This movie like was... 
go there's ahead. like a whole cinematic universe a troll 2 cinematic universe and none of the movies are actually related yeah i believe that i i believe that Let's score this sucker. Alright, well, if this is your first time listening to us, we use a 100-point scale. A 100 means that it is a perfect film that has no flaws. A 1 means that it is a steaming pile of turds. You can kind of think of it like an American grade scale. Now, who wants to go first? I will happily go first. Because, folks, hear me out. Production value, acting, uh, script of this movie is like a 1. It's worst of the worst however i had a phenomenal time watching this movie and i think my enjoyment level of it would boost it to like a solid 88 89 so you you combine both of those together you do a little bit of doug arbitrary math and you get yourself a 50 that's what i'm giving this movie so I see <clears throat> how you're coming at this. Um, I definitely agree about like the production quality and everything in this movie should low teens, maybe not even. Um, and even though I do enjoy this movie, I don't think I can warrant giving it a score that's so high based just on how much I enjoyed this movie. Um, because while I did enjoy it, I feel like for it to jump 40 plus points, it would have to be one of my favorite movies of all time, which this is not. Um, so I'm going to give this movie a 25. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, <laughs> with about 20 of those points being because I really enjoy watching yeah. this. And even then, I think that's probably pushing yeah. it a little bit. Yeah, um, I was going to go with 31. <laughs> and again, I feel what you're saying, Doug. I get it. But I can't. I mean, 50, just it's too generous. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I agree with Ben on this. It was, it was just very bad production, obviously. Uh, it's not even worth going into how bad it, it was i feel it's one of those i know we're supposed to be doing that here but it's like good grief um i'm only a man and uh yeah i agree it's it's a 25 for me as well Alrighty. well after plugging that into our patented scoreometer that gives us a final score of 32.75 which means this movie it was bad. But next week, we are watching a movie that only some people think is bad. It's and a some movie people that were like, yeah, worse. it's fine. Yeah. Uh, it's a movie that has um, an interesting relationship with its fan base uh, because they caused this movie to actually listen to them. Uh, it's. 2019's Sonic the Hedgehog, uh, starring some people who I don't have pulled up, so I'm not James gonna James Marsden, Jim Carrey, Ben James Schwartz. Marsden, Jim Carrey, Ben uh, Schwartz. I think this movie and came out in 2020. Uh, ben, no, wait, you yeah, were, yeah, it did. It did. Yeah, come out it did. February. You are absolutely right. Yep, because I went and saw it on Valentine's Day in 2020. Yep. Wow. <laughs> uh, 
That feels like a whole lot longer time ago. 2020, Sonic the Hedgehog. It's going to be I'm a great excited. time. I think it'll be a good time. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, be sure to join us for that next week. Uh, also, be sure to follow us on social media, at Vider Media. Keep up with all the other stuff we're doing. And until next week, I'm Ben. I'm Doug. I'm Tristan. I'm Elijah. And this has been Setting the Scheme. Y'all have a great week. Uh-huh.